to Going Mutts with the Little Black Dog Rescue Group. Join hosts Sarah and Erin each week as we dive into all things rescue, dogs, and the dog parent life. The Little Black Dog Rescue Group is a DC area-based, all-volunteer, all-foster-based dog rescue. Our goal is to help any abandoned, mistreated, or abused dog find the best possible home in the DC area regardless of breed, color, or size. We strive to achieve this goal with compassion, transparency, and a strong sense of responsibility to our dogs, applicants, volunteers, foster families, and supporters. Read more about what we do at www.thelittleblackdog.org. first inaugural episode of Going Mets. We're excited to be here with you all. My name is Sarah. I'm the president and co-founder of the Black Dog Rescue Group. And, and I'm Erin, the director of communications and marketing for the Little Black Dog. So I'm really excited to be doing this with you, Sarah. And thanks to everyone out there listening. Uh, so what we hope to do with this podcast is one, give you a weekly dose of feel-good dog stories, while two, giving you all an inside look into the trials, tribulations, and elations of dog rescue. And three, getting the word out about our amazing adoptable dogs at the Little Black Dog Rescue Group. So the name Going Mutts is a recognition not only of our passion for dogs of all breeds, shapes, sizes, but also that rescue work is really hard and at the same time really rewarding. And we're also all a little bit of crazy dog ladies. Fair warning. I'm not. Everyone else is. (laughs) We are. It's true. We're also both new to actually appearing on podcasts, so please bear with us on the first couple of episodes while we get into our groove. How far through the other recording were we before I messed it up? (laughs) 23 minutes. (laughs) Okay. Second time's a charm. Exactly. So a lot of people, including me, uh, before we started doing the research for this podcast, didn't really know the history of dog rescues, even though now most people are familiar with rescues, especially in the D.C. area where I know rescue is really popular. So I thought I'd take a second to give some background on how we all got here. Uh, according to Time Magazine, the first animal in the U.S. was actually established outside of Philadelphia in April of 1869. First animal shelter? Yes, first animal shelter. Mm-hmm. And it was established by Caroline Earl White and a group of women, which sounds like us, at Little Black Dog. It does, but I have a question. Yes. Were they pretty women? Knowing the 1860s, I doubt it. I believe you. But. (laughs) I believe you. I choose to believe you. It's impossible for us. So she started it with this uh, other group to help horses and provide, quote, refuge for lost and homeless dogs where they could be kept until homes could be found for them, unquote. The last part of this quote, though, uh, thinks I think speaks to the challenges of rescue, quote, or they be otherwise disposed of. That's rough. Yes. All right. And that is a big challenge in rescue. Uh, we want to save all these dogs, right? And it's, it's just not necessarily practical. We're limited by space and our resources. So we're doing what we can. Yes. And it's always going to be the hardest part for everybody who loves dogs, who works in rescue, who works with animals, that um, it's just it's just hard to be able to save them all. But there is good news. Yay! The good news is more people are adopting shelter dogs. So according to the same Time Magazine piece, the percent of dogs adopted from shelters increased from 15% in 2006 to 35% in 2016. And uh, probably increased even more during the pandemic when lots of people adopted dogs to keep them company and be their companion while they were at home. So 
We'll see how that number increases. I look forward to seeing that. Yes. I hope it stays there. Yes. Okay. I would <laughs> Agreed. love to keep at least the 35%. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So with yeah. that, since Sarah, you're the driving force behind Little Black Dog Rescue, why don't you tell us about the rescue? All right. Uh, I'm the co-founder and president of the Little Black Dog Rescue Group. I started it, it with Sally, who is, aside from me, probably one of the highest like producers of, you guys are matched, highest producers of quality information I've ever met in my whole life. I aspire to <laughs> to produce quality output the way that you and Sally did. <laughs> and the directors on, I think, all but one, I, I knew from this experience at Volunteering for the Rescue, we saw lots of opportunities to do things differently and help more dogs. Help more dogs do better here. This area is fantastically dog friendly. Fantastically animal friendly, but dogs are they're becoming, I'm saying, woman and children. They're becoming children. <laughs> they're lovely, delightful, sweet little Fuzzy kids. I, not everybody agrees with that. I agree with to this anyway. But I, mean, I don't have kids, so. <laughs> I'm biased. Mine are 15. They're not small anymore. Right. <laughs> Moving on. We rescue dogs from Texas, predominantly. That uh, is where we all were. We knew that there was this need based on our previous experience. We wanted to continue to use our, our skill set. So, you know, I think I saw these people that were good at doing what they did to help these dogs. We wanted to take advantage of, of the opportunity that's here to help more dogs. And knowing the people, but not having a forum to do that, the little black dog was, was Texas is where we started. Texas has some of the weakest animal protection laws uh, and the highest number of stray and abused dogs in the United States. It's it, The culture there is different. Uh, Colette, our transport director, and I went last year uh, just to kind of solidify some relationships. It's where I met Angie. She was our paralyzed girl. And Colette knew exactly what she was doing. She's like, Sarah, come and look at this dog. <laughs> Angie and I had a whole discussion. Oh, right. oh, oh. Angie was the seal of Yaki. She's adorable. She had distemper, shot in the spine, couldn't use her back legs, eight years old, crazy weird, Rottweiler mix. Not adaptable, but I'm like, this one. <laughs> you know, Texas has all of this opportunity, but we also wanted to make sure that we were telling We wanted to make sure that we were helping dogs a little closer to home, too. Uh, we have partners in Tennessee. This is where we're trying to expand our... We're trying to help more dogs in different areas. Uh, Tennessee, PG County. I love Evans Davis County Animal Shelter Dog. That is one of my favorite shelters. They have great dogs, big little pit bulls. They have a pit bull van. It is an archaic, ridiculous van that we will talk about sometime later. And it makes it so rescues are the only ones that can help the the pit bulls. They can't be adopted from there. They're illegal to own in Prince George's County. But despite all of that, the animal shelter doesn't make those rules. They really don't. They they're there to enforce them and to help the dogs that show up. Yeah, and they you can tell. Because their pit bulls are amazing. Their littles are amazing. <laughs> they provide, they're very accommodating. They'll give you the information you need and give you the, the opportunity to meet their dogs. Um, Puerto Rico is a relationship that we started oh, within the past three to six months. 
Uh, it is you trying to leverage the trips to quote unquote <laughs> trips to Puerto Rico because the cost of airfare is it's been less than a hundred dollars. Our typical cost per crate for dogs is one hundred and fifty. Don't need to talk about this. We're all gonna know now. <laughs> <laughs> We're all fascinated by the cost of transport. <laughs> I know. Time to get into it. Uh, it is as cost effective, and it can incentivize drivers, which we need all the time. If you drive a car in D.C., Maryland, and or Virginia, and you want to spend time with dogs but can't foster, please volunteer with us. That's my only plea, and I won't beg anymore. Uh, but We uh, also have a Spotify playlist for driving, if you would like Ooh. to. <laughs> Sorry, wait. <laughs> what is... Nancy, our medical director, actually, uh, came up with the Spotify playlist with all kinds of rescue and dog songs. Um, what is your favorite one? Uh hard to pick i am partial to survivor that i'm a survivor sing the whole song i don't know what you're talking about no (laughs) (laughs) no i'll be your backup i don't know it but i'll try (laughs) um so yes get a great playlist to sign up to drive a dog hang out with a dog it's great and we were trying to offer you trips to puerto rico (laughs) you have to come back with dogs that's the rule you pay for the airfare you gotta come back with some dogs we, the last place, which is kind of the biggest deal, and I know is very important to our deputy transport director, Melissa, uh, we did our first international dog last year, Rory, but she was amazing. We wanted to, we tried to do another uh, Middle East rescue, but there are currently restrictions on dogs traveling across borders. So it's one of those things we laid out, we advocate when we can. We are entirely volunteer-based. I'd like to tell people what this means is anybody you talk to at the rescue has a full-time job. We we were a core group. The director group is a core group. Loki knows how lucky we are. She does. She wants to make sure of our full members. Emphasizing. Mm-hmm. It's good. She's a good... We were very lucky to have... I was very lucky in Blue Black Dog in general because it wouldn't be a thing without the directors it has. So many of the directors are the the original kind of group of folks that I knew. You were, I think, the the standout from that. I met you after the fact. And you were the you were just the refresher you're did I already say the high producer of quality information <laughs> thing? I'm getting lost now because I think it a lot. <laughs> you you have this ease about the way that you do things and your background's in research, right? We'll mm-hmm. do this on a later episode, talk about yep. ourselves, not just the dog. But I am so impressed by your background and the fact that you do creative so well. Because you're so practical in your work experience, yes. but so good, <laughs> so intuitively good at creative. Oh, thank you. And you are officially inducted as an OG, despite not being part of the original crew. <laughs> Yay! I've made it. We're a, we have a little over 30 volunteers. We don't have a physical shelter location. I think that's important just because... Uh, our dogs go to foster homes and they're taken care of really well and they get focused love attention love and attention from from fosters that want to help dogs too our foster base is really incredible we're lucky to have the house we just have here Absolutely. this area loves dogs loves them so i already know the answer to this but tell us who the little black dog is the little black dog is mac or emily <laughs> technically so my beauty queen answer <laughs> let's do that the little black dog is Emily the little black dog. That is 
abused, neglected, overlooked. Mac, I I learned that I needed to open my ears again for Mac. So uh, I thought I was this incredible dog trainer, and I'm not. I know how to teach dog tricks. I don't know how to teach basic obedience. And as an adult person, it can be hard to know, learn what you don't know, but you thought you knew. Mm-hmm. And I, I learned how to do that with Mac. He provided the kind of support that I needed in a time of difficulty. And he taught me how to learn things from people. Like, I'm, not, I'm not the genius that I think I am. <laughs> I am, but I'm not sometimes. <laughs> Aaron knows. I feel the same way. <laughs> so we did recently celebrate our one-year anniversary. Uh, and we're very, very thankful to everyone that's helped us along the way. Uh, I think Mac is, he's the little face in the logo, but he's any dog. Like, the little black dog truly is any dog. Uh, looks so much like Loki, too, which is adorable, and I love that. Yes. Uh, I just, I see this, like, picture in my head that is the little black dog profile. That is just any dog's profile that we've ever had affiliated with the rescue. Because it doesn't matter what size, what breed. Uh, what color these dogs are. We're If you need us, we're here for you. If we can help you. And I think that's the other balance that we have to find. We rescued over 300 dogs in the very first year of being a rescue, which can be hard to do. Yeah. Except we have really excellent volunteers that are naturally good at what they do and love dogs enough to do it well and in all of their free time. Yeah. We're lucky enough to have volunteers that really hate free time. Right. Really hate it. Really hate it. And love dogs. Yes. Don't trade it. Don't trade it. Absolutely. Can confirm. We're ready to rescue even more this year. Yeah. Let's do our dog entries. Yes. So we know Mac. Tell tell us about the rest of the dogs. Personals and fosters, please. So Cece is the oldest of G's. She is a Chihuahua Dachshund mix. She's 11 going on 12. Uh, Unfortunately, both Mac and Cece are called store dogs. I am sorry to say that is a guilty truth about my life. <laughs> there are guiltier truths to tell, but those are two. It's a good, good first one for this episode based on it being a rescue podcast. Uh, Cece was a gift to my children from my sister uh, when she said, do you want a dog? We said, let's be open to it. We should talk about it more. And then a week later, we had Cece. She was impossible to potty train. Another dog taught her to go to the bathroom outside. <laughs> By her own, she's three years old. She's hard. She's a rough one. But yeah. she's also a great dog to test other dogs with. She's very confident. She goes into this like slow motion walk when she is nervous. It's like a it's a coping thing she does. She knows she has to broadcast confidence. <laughs> so she's like, I'm doing a slow motion dog walk. It's very accurate. Erin's nodding with me. It's great. I love <laughs> it's it. Perfect. She knows. She sees me as Cece right now. <laughs> um, Cece has she's hung in there, man. She's made multiple moves with us. She's a big, big part of the family. Uh, and her and Mac bonded quickly. Mac is just a happy kid little boy. Uh, Apollo is my other one, other resident. He was our first rescue dog. He was being given away for free on Facebook by a very... The person that was giving him away was trying to find the right home, and she took a chance on a brand new rescue that hadn't totally started yet. <laughs> uh, and I, I talked to her about the dogs in my home. I was taking a chance that Apollo, not Apollo, 
I'm a 60-pound kitty boy with my 5-pound knack dog and my 11-pound CC girl. I'm a 13-pound CC girl. <laughs> God bless her. I'm it a 13-pound CC girl at the moment. <laughs> um, he, I, I was taking it to it. I was nervous. And I, I still I stayed nervous bringing boxers in. Uh, that Apollo would hurt Mac. It's a chance you take when you foster a dog. Mm-hmm. But Apollo's lovely. He loves Mac. Loves Mac. They're best friend boyfriend. They love each other. Uh, and it's very cute. Very adorable. Um, Apollo was with the rescue for three months before my husband and I adopted him. Uh, he was bouncing around. He wasn't finding the right fit. Moose pit bulls are very sensitive. And they can get... They, Their personalities will change if there's too much instability. And we were seeing that when he would bounce. So we wanted to make sure we didn't turn a a good pity into a problematic pity, which happens with basically no effort. You just have to growl. He makes a roar sound that we will capture at some point. Yes. That is a happy sound. But you didn't know it about him? (laughs) Coming out of a pit bull is not... You gotta go, wait, what? Be a little... (laughs) You said it was happening. Are you mad at me? (laughs) But he's he's a great boy. I'm... Foster dog, I have Ozzy right now. He's uh, one of our cutest, most recent Yorkies, but all Yorkies are very cute. Hard quality in them. He has got this adorable little black face who's just neutered, somewhat codependent, really wants to be around people or someone that is paying attention to him at the very least that he can tell. Um, he has a meet and greet tomorrow. I'm excited for him. Yay. And I look forward to telling you more about Yush a little bit later. What about you? So we do have one dog right now, my husband and I. She's not a little black dog alum, but she's uh, from a local rescue. Adorable little black dog. Yes, she is also a little black dog. (laughs) Which is actually what drew me to the rescue at first. I was like, oh, little black dog, just like Loki. I didn't know that. Yeah, so. I think I did know that. I just forgot it. (laughs) So Loki's like kind of responsible for why I'm here with the rescue. Um, she's our first dog. Um, I grew up with dogs, but she's my first, like my first dog. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, um, An adult palm girl. <laughs> she's a palm chewini. Um, she's, uh, we think about four years old and we've had her for a little over three years now. She's the light of my life. Sorry, husband. <laughs> but she is. She's um, the light of his life too. Yes. <laughs> yes. 100%. Um, you've definitely already heard her on this podcast and you will probably hear her going forward. <laughs> She's just growled in agreement. <laughs> she has a lot to say. Um, well, it's her turn but... to talk right now, so. <laughs> yes, I know. I apologize, Loki. You are the queen. So, um, we don't currently have a foster dog because our most recent foster was, uh, his name is Bear. He was a little puppy from Puerto Rico and he's just adopted. So yay for Bear. Good for Bear. Bear was, just wasn't getting the attention, I think, Mm -hmm. that he needed. Uh, Social media attention, man. That changes the game for your dog. For real. The right picture can make all the The difference. Andrew would not have been. Right picture, right content to get people attached and understanding of the dog's background. They, they fall in love with dogs on Instagram. <laughs> and 
And a well-written bio. Well-written bio. Well-written bio. It, yeah. So Bear. Bear is just adopted, so we are currently without a foster. Are you a puppy um, person? Are you, like, do you have a, an age puppy? You're good um, at I, I enjoy the puppies because I enjoy my first puppy. His name is Alfredo of the Pasta Pups. Um, and he, it, like, watching him figure things out the mm-hmm. first time was just amazing. Like, I don't have kids, so I don't have that experience. But I feel like it was a similar, it, like, for, for sure. my experience. I'm you talk about it. I'm like, don't talk about children. Cause, <laughs> that's, like, that's the mom feeling. You yeah. get, it's watching the world. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> like, he discovered our window one day, and then he discovered stairs one day. And fall out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just stared out of it. Like, he just Watch. discovered everything. And so I, I enjoy that part of it. Um, we got Loki when she was probably about a year yeah. Which I think is probably a little more my speed. Um, just because, like you said, I am not a dog trainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that I could do better at the training part. And a dog that's a little older is just a little more my You're speed on the training. Job. Well, thank you. But I do love the puppy. I'll, you know, I'll take anybody. I like them old. And I like them mean. <laughs> I don't love a puppy. I'm not a puppy person. Yeah. I think there are puppy people. There are senior people. There are people that like a challenge. Yes. And I like them old, and I like them challenging. <laughs> and Nick, my husband, likes them challenging. There you go. He really does. Well, that's good. He, and we're going to talk about... to see another dog in the house. But at the moment, I'm like, this one old, this one's a biter. <laughs> yeah. So we're fosterless, but probably not for long. Knowing. Fair enough. Maybe. We're going to have a few regular segments on going months. I say it, and I want to go... We're crazy! So I'm getting it out of my system now. I'm sorry. The first is, first set, Caddy Corner with a Blackheart moment. So these are going to be opportunities for Erin and I to be honest about the, the hard parts of rescue work. Uh, and on the other side of that, returning, recentering. Yes, I'm doing it back on my hands. Uh, recentering with gratitude. It's a good way to do it. You can acknowledge your hard, the hard parts of things, but find the gratitude in the moment. Uh, these will just be our five-minute therapy session. Five minutes. <laughs> she said, like, it would be five minutes. <laughs> well, uh, so what's your black heart moment in Caddy Corner this week? I'm going to start with Caddy Corner, because I love to grip them. Uh, a cute face is so deceiving and distracting to people. Uh, we will spend more time talking about Yoshi, but his cute little Yorkshire Terrier face, happy little bright eyes, big old teeth in his mouth, there to bite you with, <laughs> are fully distracting to people. They have the idea of the dog that is ideal for their family. They see that face, it matches closely enough to the image they have in their head, and they apply for him without reading the very well-written very specific with criteria bio about what applicants would be appropriate for him. A cute face does not equal a good thing. And Golden Black Dog is lucky to have volunteers that know how to filter through applicants, but we write those bios for a reason, and it's so people read them <laughs> and don't waste their time applying for a dog that needs more, has more needs to meet and to train than just finding a home. Uh, behavioral needs are a big deal. Yeah. They're problematic. A family with young children is not going to be a great fit for a small dog that they want to pick up that bite you. Not a good fit. It's just, yep. it never will be. 
Uh, part of the reason that shelters will transfer dogs with a bite history to us is because if we put that dog on the adoption floor, a family will come in, fall in love with that face, and so many of these little dogs are very chirpy, and they will be nice to you when you meet them and bite you at home. <laughs> they will show all of their monster qualities once you get in the car after you've signed those papers away. Uh, so, catty corner, cute faces, people don't leave. Uh, black heart moment, eventually, with enough time and detailed enough guidance, we find good applicants that are well-suited to dogs with behavioral needs, too, despite their adorable qualities. Uh, and Yoshi is with the foster care dog for the next week. Yay, Yoshi! So, my catty corner is related, uh, and it is about uh, one of our dogs named Walter, who we've had for a little while, uh, probably since, I think, the summer. And he was uh, on a medical hold for a while, so he hasn't been up for adoption all of that time. But Walter is a... You, you call him beefy. Beefy. Big beefy boy. <laughs> 70 pounds. You gotta just, just go with it. Pitbull. The, the best one. A little too much. I know that. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's a good word for him, man. <laughs> He's a big beefy boy. Pitbull. Um, the sweetest dog uh, I've maybe ever met. Like, he's just... He's a, a lovely dog, but he has some medical skin condition issues that... He's probably literally just now comfortable in his own skin. Literally. Yes. <laughs> yes. So he's just... He's he's a great dog, but he has some complications. Um, his adopter will need to be willing to deal with the cost and complications that come with a dog that has this skin condition, which is you know miles ahead of where it was. Miles and way miles better. ahead. It yeah. Hopefully, too, that... This can resolve, and so long as preventative measures are taken in the future, kitties have, they're allergic, they have really yep. bad allergies. Their mm-hmm. skin is the, the thing that, like, Apollo's an itchy little boy. Uh, Walter is a case study for why antibiotics should be completed the way that doctors tell you to. Antibiotics are there to kill off bacteria that is affecting you, and he is resistant to many, many, many of these antibiotics that could have helped them. We are lucky that he's got a few left that will fight off the bacteria that has been affecting his skin. And he's so much better and just has a little things every now and again. When you look at him, you can see the little spots where, like his acne spots from his teenage years. (laughs) Where you're like, man, this guy's so handsome. I can tell. (laughs) He had like ugly duckling. He went through some things. But he's just, I mean, he's the, the sweetest dog, and he's just had a lot of trouble getting people to even look at him. And I think I just, I struggle with that a lot personally, knowing that this dog would be so great for a family, and he just hasn't found it yet. But I know he will. He will. So my black heart moment is we've had a number of dogs that I thought, given the things that they've gone through and given the conditions that they have, Tell me who like Why? we talked about, because she was had her back legs paralyzed. Eight years old, paralyzed. Brought yep. All mix. <laughs> yep. It was but a perfect storm. Like, oh, oh, oh. adorable. Beautiful dog. So super cute. Um, and I just, I was losing hope that she would ever get adopted. And then one day, her perfect family came, mm-hmm. and she was adopted. So and my they foster for us now. They're incredible yes. people. I their their hearts are bigger than ninety nine percent of the people I've ever met in my whole life. 100%. <laughs> They're going straight to wherever you go. That is the place you want to be after you die. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, Rogue was a rough one. Rogue, yeah, she Rogue. She was kind of a sneaky rough one. That's She's true, yeah. got some tendencies. The number of farms that people actually live on in the DMV is shocking to me. Yes. Because how often do you say, this dog needs a farm to live on? I'm like, oh, well, there's a farm around here. <laughs> I think Walter's a lovely Blackheart moment, Caddy Corner. Yes. Pitbulls in general are tough for us. But we've been doing better with them, too. Uh, Maple... I mean, she was the game changer from the pit bull perspective for us. That smiley little happy cow, cow body girl. Yep. Uh, and then Harper right after her. And Fancy now. Yes. Um, but there's still, I mean, a pit bull that is big, beefy boy. Uh, more comfortable now, very energetic, but so dog friendly, so sweet. Uh, very attentive and obedient. And his foster, we're very lucky that foster he has. Absolutely. She's great. Nurse by trade has changed his skin completely. He is the reason that is, he he would be more adoptable. So the other kind of regular segment um, for our longer frame episodes will be dogs in history. So one of us will tell a story from history. And it will be a dog-centric one. So I do have a fun story. This is one of my favorite stories. That I just, I only really had an appreciation for Yorkies because of this story. And then I met you, Sheena. I was like, okay, I get some of it now. Uh, the story is about Smokey the War Dog. Smokey was found in February 1944 during World War II. Uh, she was found by an American soldier in a foxhole. So there are actually, there are movies that have never really made it to market. <laughs> Angel in a Foxhole is the name of one of the movies. No mm-hmm. Love it. I I am dying for a Smokey the War Dog movie. <laughs> uh, she was found in New Guinea, New Guinea jungle during World War II. She stayed with the American soldier that found her. His name was Corporal William Lynn. Uh, he was an aerial recon photographer with the 5th U.S. Air Force. I'm, I hate reading military, like all of the military names. Uh, my dad was a major dad in the Marine Corps and Nick is, he was enlisted for four oh, years. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Yeah, I'm supposed to say that. So, uh, Corporal Wynn was a recon photographer with the 5th U.S. Air Force for the remainder of the war. Uh, rumor has it that Smokey uh, would sleep on a blanket made from a green card, uh, green cardboard table cover. Uh, no, it, is this like a poker table cover? Yeah, yeah. I, I kept saying cardboard it's not cardboard <laughs> it's the green felted table cover. yes and she also was reported to eat yeah. oh my god i brought erin a present oh gosh and i'm gonna have her open it i mean this is i think you know what one of the things in here is <laughs> all right let's see here uh i'm Loki's supposed to say does Loki like that <laughs> And you've never say, had it. I'm well, sure she would love it. It's, I got the low sodium. Sorry. Uh, got the low sodium variety, but not on purpose because they didn't have the regular kind. <laughs> Unintentionally <laughs> healthier. I also got you and Evan uh, Nerf guns <laughs> to shoot at each other. <laughs> oh, this is going to be. Love this is going to be a whole new level of marriage. Oh my have gosh. Have you had spam before? I have not. Have you, Evan? Do you eat meat? Yes. Okay. Loki, come here. Come be my friend, baby. We're going to see how she likes it. Does Loki like spam? She's eating it. She's giving me all of her thumbs up. Thumbs up? 
All right, Loki. Loki has signed off on spam. Do you want to try it? You're a snub. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an appealing treat. Oh Just man, condensed. she's making a face that is not <laughs> one that tells me she wants to try it. No, I will. I'll do it. I'll do it. That's not bad. It. I. I have not hated spam. My mother grew up intermittently poor and very rich. I don't <laughs> totally understand, but it happened. And she is, she would tell me stories about eating just too much Spam. Too much Spam. It is almost certainly a recipe for gout, but Loki is Loki is a fan. I'm going to give you one more little bitty bite. It's, like, it yeah. smells, it, it actually smells like good. It smells um, kind of like devil ham. Have you had mm-hmm. devil ham? Like oh, yeah. yeah. No. One of my, we do hors d'oeuvres for mm-hmm. uh, New Year's Eve. Devil yeah. ham on a Ritz cracker with a gherkin pickle. Ooh. It's like a, a disgusting snack that none of the kids have ever liked. I love it. Back love it. to Smokey <laughs> the Word. Thank you for everything you do. I know there was a, a very sweet card that I gave you. But, yes. Thank you. Uh, I'm excited to do this. And I'm now glad that Loki has got some very Yes. Busy. She Confirm. seems to approve. Uh, I'm glad you're fine. Yes. You see potential in spam. I do see potential in spam. <laughs> it's good for you. I, you know, Smokey was living at large. Yeah. She so technically she really was. <laughs> but it is interesting to me. So, in some of the research, they say there were. I mean, dogs participating in the war effort were not commonplace exactly. I think, but they were there. They were German Shepherds. They were the working breed, big guys. I think of Yorkies now as little shrunk down working dogs. <laughs> They're not companion animals. They're there to do a job. And they have that energy about them. They're happiest when you are teaching them things. They love to be with you. They're like a companion dog that is struggling to identify with love. <laughs> they don't accept love it that. the way that they want. <laughs> that they the way actually... that their size would have you believe they yeah. would. Yeah. They want the companionship though too. And it's they just struggle with like the closeness of it. It's like they're fine, 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 not fine. <laughs> what do I need to do? That's how I think. Uh, Yoshi was, man, that dog could flip. I've never met a dog that flips that hard, ever. She deserved the best. You said that. She was a champion mascot in the South Pacific area. Uh, and that was a an honor that was uh, named by an, Ameri- an army publication. So, I'm sure we're all wondering, mm-hmm. was she in any battles? She and was, was she okay? <laughs> she was in a lot of battles, and she was totally fine. <laughs> she could not have done better. So back to the the dogs that were also part of war effort. They were on a very strict kind of regimented diet that the the army provided to them. That was not a plan for Smokey. Smokey was not supposed to be part of this. She would have never been enlisted (laughs) in the army. She's this big. Why more small dogs aren't? And she's found in a hole. The guy took her in. Uh, And then he trained her and spent time with her. I, so I asked before you guys been in the uh, if you had any military background. Major Dad would go away on floats, so he's on a submarine. Submarines get very boring, and this is all based on when my dad would come back after like a year gone. He would come back with these videotapes of what they did during float, which was like put on plays. It was ridiculous stuff <laughs> because they didn't have anything else to do. They had they were either fighting. Or waiting. You can't just wait and do nothing. You get really bored. Yeah. You get really bored. So I can see how having a tiny dog that you found in a hole 
and using her or like teaching her tricks and entertaining her would be best option. Loki agrees. Best option for what could possibly find a tiny friend, teach her how to do tricks, take her everywhere, yep. and that's exactly what Purple Wind did. Uh, okay. So, yes, uh, Smokey served with the South Pacific Fifth Air Force. 26th Photo Recon Squadron. She flew in 12 air slash sea rescue and photo recon missions. Uh, during the mission, she was in a soldier's backpack. So she was <laughs> right along a little bit. Love it. Just dangling there, chilling. Being comforted by the closeness, I guess. I don't know. I'm guessing this. <laughs> Making this up. She was so cute. There's this picture. So you could kind of tell that Corporal Wynn was a photographer by trade. There's a picture of her in a helmet. The, the little army helmets that they would wear. And you could not picture the happiest face on a dog you've ever seen. Master. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she survived 50 air raids, uh, multiple combat missions, and received a number of battle stars. Can you imagine a tiny Yorkie? Can you imagine Yoshi? Six pounds. <laughs> Six pounds, five ounces. Sweet little baby Yoshi. Natsu, little tiny ocean, just going, I can see him actually, going through a war, charging through, surviving, doing things. Now, Smokey's major contribution to all of this was, so during the war, they needed to run a telegraph wire. There was this major construction that was happening with the squadron. They needed to run a telegraph wire through 70 foot of pipe. I tried to figure out how long 70 feet is. (laughs) And I gave up. Eight inch diameter pipe. Do you remember what diameter is? Yes. What is it? It's, uh, if you look at a circle, it's like the line through the middle. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. You <laughs> passed the test. <laughs> so eight inches across and she had to fit through. The other thing that happened when they're running this pipe through the ground, because they are at risk, the squadron's at risk of being, like their uh, location being detected. So they have to do this in a subtle way. They can't give away where they are. They need to run the underground pipe to communicate with the other base that's 70 feet away. Uh, so they run this pipe underground. Dirt is getting caught in the pipe. So you can't, it's not just so simple as running it 70 feet down. The wire's getting caught on dirt. It's getting stuck somewhere. They didn't know what to do. And Smokey was the solution. They tied a string to the wire to Smokey's collar, and after some encouraging, because she didn't want to do it immediately, but Corporal Wynn and Smokey developed one of the cutest, sweetest bonds that you can like picture in your mind as you're reading through their story. And she ran the wire from one end to the other. Corporal Wynn calling her little name, <laughs> and there were moments in time where the the wire would kind of go go flat. It wouldn't, it wasn't pulling, it wasn't moving. And those were very tense moments. I also feel like you can kind of see it. Like you can picture this tiny dog going into this dusty hole and hoping for the best, hoping she's going to come out on the other end. And there was this moment where the dust starts to get, you know, starts to come back up and you can see that she's coming to the end of the pipe. They see her little eyes coming and she breaks into a run. (laughs) sure some of this is embellished who the hell knows exactly how this played out but i choose to believe this part uh she she came to the other end they were able to connect the wire 
they had this communication opportunity and a job that could have revealed their location and taken a week took hours and was done by a teeny tiny little dog. Uh, I, <laughs> she is one of the most heartwarming stories that I feel like people don't know. I don't know why there isn't a Disney movie about this dog. They really should. Balto has one. Yeah. I don't know. But I, it's happening. Someone's doing on, is working on it somewhere. And I think there have been multiple like independent efforts to make a story about this. Because man oh man. So uh, she ran that wire through the pipe. Wired, with the wire attached to a collar. She was able to do this in minutes. And what would have taken 250 men. Three days. Sorry, not a week. Three days to do. All under an enemy bombing attacks. She was able to do in hours. It's, it is incredible to me. It is. It's amazing. Uh, she survived the war. It's good news. <laughs> answer that. It's she always survived. my question when dogs come up. <laughs> she survived. She saved. There's an argument to be made that she saved people's lives. Uh, she stayed with Corporal Wynn after the war was done. When she returned, uh, she stayed with Corporal Wynn when she returned and was featured in newspapers. She appeared on, uh, she appeared on many late night talk shows. She did all these adorable tricks. Uh, and she performed for veterans in hospitals. Oh, she did this during the war effort also, when Corporal Wen was uh, hospitalized a couple of times. Get hurt. Uh, she lived a long life. I, I didn't, I started to say this and stopped. Despite there being this regimented diet for dogs that were officially participating in the war effort, she was not on that diet. She ate spam. <laughs> this is not related to spam, probably. Sorry, Lizzie. Uh, but she got sponsored by Spam. She was sponsored by Spam <laughs> professionally. She wore the logo. It was very cute. Uh, she would like part of this. The the things that they had to do is walk on coral. They spent a lot of time walking on coral, and the war dogs had a lot of ailments as a result. They were cutting their feet up. I wonder if it's not because she was petite that the weight of her body didn't actually allow her to to really. Have yeah. her feet infiltrated by the, the coral that was affecting the other dogs. But she was free of illness. Free, she didn't get the medical care that the other dogs did. She wasn't on the diet that the other dogs were. She was just loved by this man. <laughs> and he paid attention to her. And he kept her safe. And then she helped everybody else. She is just the cutest, sweetest story. I don't... Evan, were you able to find anything about her being named Christmas? Did you see this at all? I, have to say I, I don't think I made it up. Evan did our research for us because he's a man. And I, so I remember a story that was this woman coming forward and said, I think that's my dog Christmas. I've lost her in New Guinea around the time that she was found. And Corporal Wynn's response, she didn't ask for her back. She understood that this relationship had been developed. It was after the war effort was done. And she was getting... Smokey was getting a lot of attention. Um, Corporal Wynn's response was, oh, that makes sense. She always did get very excited around Christmas, <laughs> which <laughs> touches my heart. It was like, it's adorable. It's I very it. adorable. She knew her name. Of course she knew her name. She was very smart. She is. She lived a long life uh, until she was 14. And Smokey was buried uh, when she died. She was buried in a World War II 30 caliber ammo box in Cleveland, Cleveland Metro Parks, Rocky River Reservation in Ohio. She, 
has a little memorial to her. It is that image of her in the helmet with the happy face. It's not as cute as the picture. The little bits that you're looking at. Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot. It's hard to be like a photorealistic statue, but still very, very cute. And such a sweet memorial to a very sweet, good dog. Good girl. Good girl. Good little girl. Goodest girl club. <laughs> Need like a sound effect. Mm-hmm. This <laughs> thing is true. Oh. It is? It is? Yeah. yeah. Evan's looking it up in the background. Confirmed by my historian historian husband is accurate. So she worked in, as, a, as a nurse. She worked as a nurse. Yep. In yes, she hospital. did. And in a field hospital. Right, yeah, the Christmas mm-hmm. thing, but also they were like, there probably weren't other Yorkshire Terriers in No. Like, yeah. <laughs> Somebody had a Yorkie right. in New Guinea. Yeah. That lost her. Oh, can you imagine? I bet she loved her too. Yeah. No, I don't. What we do. So, uh, this little angel was also, in retrospect, considered to be one of the first therapy dogs. And she used to accompany nurses to the, or at the hospital as she was going from patient to patient. And Corporal Wynn was there, entertain the the veterans that are there. The you know the um uh, why wounded. Yep, thank you, wounded soldiers that are there. Like, what's the word for when they're doing it? Soldiers, just active duty. There we go. That's the yeah. word I was looking for in my brain. Uh, but she, she cheered him up. It's, it is a big deal. Uh, I work in a hospital, and dogs really do have an ability to help you forget for a little bit what is happening. You yep. can focus on the joy in their little, in their tricks. Uh, you can focus on the softness of their fur. They they bring a lot of light and changes that in the world. They do. Uh, I think we can all agree that she was amazing. Yes. And I underlined it. You already said it. The goodest of girls. She the was goodest the, of girls. She gets the goodest girl award. <laughs> so, like Smokey, we've mentioned him a few times. We have our own famous Yorkie, Yoshi. And you were his foster mama. I I was and will forever be. Yes. Anytime he needs a human, uh, he is a good boy with a rough reaction. He's got some rough behavioral edges that I don't know that he understands. And with a lot, I think after after four days, we finally saw all of the personalities and shifts in behavior that Yoshi had to offer to us. But it took us a month before I could tell he was becoming more comfortable. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, first night. Slept in the bed. He's dog indifferent. He doesn't react to them unless he's been there a minute. He thinks he lives there. It's his space, mm. and you're creeping up on it. In his space. <laughs> so, like Scotty, who's our very old, very blind, horrible depth perception, don't walk him downstairs because he will try to jump down the whole staircase. Uh, he's a good boy, but Yoshi was not into it, and. Scotty happened to meander up to the sofa the first night that I got him from PG and ah, chasing him off. He doesn't even know you're here, bud. Right. Just leave him alone. <laughs> uh, Nick and Yoshi bonded very hard. Nick loves a complicated dog. He likes to learn about the, you know, the triggers. And it is helpful to know mm-hmm. what those triggers are. Yeah. We get to a place of being able to work on it, but it takes a minute. Uh, and we were able to see Yoshi relax. But Yoshi has some needs that have to be met. He needs patience. He needs someone to be observant enough and in tune enough with the breed because he does, he's smart. You know, TLBD is 
focused on finding the right homes for these dogs, but when you're cute like Yoshi, when you have that cutie little face, unfortunately, Yoshi's not the same as good old Smokey. Smokey Christmas. He, his edges were, they became apparent over time. He was very nice when he would meet you. He would, he was the best, most pleasant greeter. Rogue was similar. Most pleasant greeting. Very friendly. It was when you were one-on-one with him in the car on the way home that he's going to start snapping. He's going to start distancing himself. He would have moments of guilt, like extreme guilt. He knew when he did something that was over the top and unnecessary. Mm-hmm. He would hang his head down oh. or he would hide. And I had a potential adopter ask me, do you think he was abused? And I get this question a lot. Do you hear that at all? On the yeah. And that you respond to a lot of our emails that come in mm-hmm. through the website. I don't like giving. Unless we know for sure, I hate giving a dog an abuse background. Yeah. I know everybody loves a sad story. <laughs> Worst American title judge. <laughs> the mediocre singer. Give me a sad story. I'm going to go with it. We'll, we'll figure it out for you. For dogs, giving them that history, you don't have to. You'll learn about them. Yeah. And if you are, if it's a good fit, it's a good fit. Doesn't yep. matter what their background is. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't want to give that to him, but I understand the question. Because he does have responses and reactions. He's house trained. He hates a crate. Mm. He wants to be close to people, but he doesn't know how to communicate that. So he'll get very reactive when you try to put him in a crate. And he'll calm right down once he's in. He is, for a dog that has such big teeth in his mouth, he's the worst like a, his, the effectiveness of a bite which puts a lot of energy into telling you he's trying to bite you but he doesn't actually break the skin most of the time it's weird <laughs> weird yeah you'd think a dog with teeth too big for his mouth that is being this demonstrative figuring it out the other like part of me that is over analyzing him wants to believe he knows what he's doing he's trying to back you up because he's uncomfortable and he will sequester himself after he does that because he realizes that's too much. And then he'll come back. He's one of the dogs that I've had to invite to Disney. So he knows that he's included. Oh. <laughs> My kids, brothers, do you have siblings? I have a brother and a sister. Are you? I'm a middle. Okay. You're a middle? Yeah. I was an accidental middle-ish before. <laughs> so okay. <laughs> I, my mom found out she was having twins when we were born. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's terrifying. And I was, like, the surprise other one. My oh sister my was first. And then they, they were like, oh. They, There's another. She had a C-section. And they went to get all the other yuck crap. <laughs> Placenta. Placenta. And they found me. <laughs> I have two younger brothers. One is two years younger. The other one is six years younger. Both of the younger brothers. We'd say, we're, all right, guys, we're going to go to dinner. Am I going to? They were always going to every, and they never needed to ask that. But they asked every single time from when they were like seven to 12. <laughs> all right, guys, we're going to go to the grocery store. Am I going to? <laughs> they wanted to go. What do you mean? Are you going? Yes, you're going. <laughs> Evan does, my Evan, not your <laughs> Your husband does this too. I've heard him do it. We're doing this. Am I doing it? The person I'm talking to. Right. <laughs> so Yoshi just needs needs that extra encouragement. He needed, he needed positive reinforcement. Positive yeah. reinforcement for little dogs is a huge deal. For most dogs, it's a huge deal. I found with Apollo, a stern tone does benefit him quite a bit. He takes it more seriously if my my tone is a little more stern. If I used a stern tone with Mac, you would think the world was crumbling down. And I have just you know, the little ones like a positive 
They like that positive reinforcement. They need to know it's okay. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Yoshi is lucky to have finally found a person that is currently in a foster to adopt. Uh, because I know that Yoshi's problem day is day four, we are going outside of our typical three-day foster to adopt time frame to a seven-day to get us on the other side of the Jekyll and Hyde thing that happens on day yeah. or night. <laughs> Gotta experience the full perspective. Exactly, yeah. Once you hit day seven, you'll have figured them out. Yeah. No, not figured them out, but it takes a month to do that. No, what? You know all like you know the full spectrum of know the full yeah Yeah. you're gonna have seen all of the best and worst of yoshi Yoshi. at different (laughs) and we can talk about how much time is he spending with you or out from underneath of them because he he's uncomfortable he hides and he will stay hidden if he's uncomfortable he won't come out you gotta invite positive reinforcement spam spam (laughs) spam would help i didn't try he would have loved it he loved hot dogs Oh, I am excited for Yoshi's potential adopter. He's a giant lumberjack of a man, and it is adorable to me that he is looking for a dog that he has experience with. He grew up with Yorkie, Yorkie Maltese mixes, and Yorkies are their own people. They work hard, they're smart, they want to do a job. And Smokey had what technically is a hard life. She was lost. She wound up in a war. Yeah. <laughs> and then she made her way on TV. Living the dream. <laughs> she became a <laughs> But I, will Yoshi be that? I don't know. But I think he can be happy. I think yes. he has a lot of potential to be happy now. And I, I look forward to providing a Yoshi update. Yes. Definitely I look more that. forward to providing a Walter update or a Garrett update. But Garrett, we can talk yep. about those fellas later. <laughs> But so we want to keep these to about an hour. We are super close. So we're going to. Yes, we're doing well. We're going to wrap up. I, I really enjoyed our first episode. Well, Me too. We'll see what I feel about it after we listen to it. Right. Well, I'll edit this? some first. So, uh, yeah. So our next adoption event is on Saturday, March 12th at uh, the Meridian at Braddock Station in Alexandria, uh, put together by our good friends at Posh Pets. And uh, we will be outside. There will be lots of dog-friendly vendors. It'll be a great time. You can get a pup cup for your pups from Posh Pets. We'll have lots of volunteers and dogs and fun stuff. So um, definitely check us out. Follow us on social media. We always post all of our events. Sign up for emails on our website. We have a newsletter. Only goes out once a month, so we won't spam you. Um, But that's the best way to stay up to date. Uh, You can find out about our dogs at thelittleblackdog.org. Our name is not unique, so please be sure to type in thelittleblackdog.org. We are the little. If you've gone to Connecticut, you've gone too far. True. Very true. Good <laughs> job. I like that a lot, actually. <laughs> uh, become a monthly donor. Please help us yes. help dogs. Please. If you help us help dogs, we will give you credit for it. We promise. You yes. will never hear anything else but thank you from us. Absolutely. Uh, and then check out all of our dogs that we have. And please read their bios. Because... We work really hard on those, and all of our volunteers do. Our fosters tell us great stuff about them to share with you guys to find the best fit. And until next time, from the bottom of our little black hearts, (laughs) thank you for hanging out with us.